Matt Frazier ho- literally oh, hobbling. Like yes. he had that kind of arch, shoulders arched forward, yep. like almost looking like, like, uh, like he just ran a marathon. Honestly, yep. I've, I've ran several marathons and I've seen people after they run marathons, especially when it's their first. And I've, I've walked like this. I remember my first marathon hobbling yep. everywhere. And these guys look the same way. I think I went out to the games thing, and this is just a big competition. This is just a big, like, fittest games, right? It's fittest games on a little bit bigger level, right? That's kind of what I – Waterpalooza on a little bit bigger level, although I've never been to Waterpalooza. Um, when I got there, it, it is a professional sport. And around midway through the bar muscle-ups on the second round, he passes up Jared. And then he ends up beating him and walking to the finish line. And I went nuts, the whole crowd went nuts, the announcer went nuts, but by far, probably one of the coolest CrossFit moments that I've ever witnessed and watched. Um, and I, we watched it later that night on the video because yeah. it was so good. All right, Charlie, we're back. Episode for us, what is this, four or five? Man, I probably think we've done like 10, I maybe don't know. So. <laughs> maybe so, maybe we've done a couple that could count for two, I'm not quite sure. Hey, before we start, I got to give a shout out to Brandon McGuire. He just wanted a shout out on the podcast for no reason whatsoever. How much is he paying you for that? I, I, nothing. I just felt, but he looked like a poor soul down there. And he said, hey, can I, I think he was actually joking, to be completely honest. I think, I'm pretty sure he was joking, but because as I walked upstairs, he said, actually, don't do that. I was just joking. So, But you anyway. know what? I'm going to take this moment to compliment and, and give him a little praise. He's been working his butt off. That yep. dude is in here every single day putting in extra work. And he's come a long way. I was uh, I worked out with him last week, and I thought to myself, "Oh, great! Here we go. Brandon's gonna whoop me in front of my face yep. in a workout because he's just been putting it in, man. Yep. That's like what it's all about when you're trying to get better and you put in the extra time. So, yeah, I'll piggyback that shout out. Shout get, out to yep. Brandon. And I guess while we're doing shout outs, Trent's last week. I know Trent's man. last week this week, so it's pretty sad. Yeah, Trent. You know, I don't want to get sappy, and uh, but. He, he means a lot to the gym. Um, going to see Matt Saturday, in a way, is kind of a lot like, you know, saying bye to Trent, but seeing, like, how far along Matt's come just in the time since he left. Yep. And Carolyn Gentry even asked me this morning, she said, how are you dealing with, you know, all the guys moving on? Because Blake left last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it, I'm kind of used to it by now just because we've been through this experience so many times. You've probably done this now a couple times mm-hmm. yourself since yep. you've been here. And uh, realizing that these guys, this is a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they, they were here for the period of time that they needed to be. Mm-hmm. And as much as we would love to keep every single person, um, I understand that, you know, when they graduate, they move on and wish them well. And hopefully this can become a part of their life that they'll always remember and look back to and hopefully have uh, grown in their period of time here. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that's amazing about this gym too is the the amount of growth you could see in people like Matt and Blake and Trent and Josh and everybody else that kind of comes through here. You know, I remember when Trent came here and he used to mop the floors, right? You know, first, he came that was here his first gig. Yep, nineteen year old, freaking short hair kid. You know, weighed about a buck sixty, couldn't clean any, couldn't clean one hundred thirty five pounds, and now he's killing everybody. So. Uh, Good luck to Trent as, as he moves on. And also good luck to Blake since uh, since he left over the weekend, correct? Yeah, and the word is Blake will be back. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> Just kidding, about Blake. about three weeks. <laughs> All right, uh, Charlie, I thought we'd start. We just got back from 
pretty much adult spring break, right? Man, what a trip. Without the alcohol. Yeah, um, and but, at the Howard Johnson. <laughs> oh, Joe. If you are looking for a nice place to stay at the Howard Johnson, never mind. We probably shouldn't give plugs like this on the podcast, but um, – uh, as the listeners probably know out there, we, we went out there and attended the CrossFit Games, and I think we'll kind of make this podcast about the CrossFit Games, about kind of takeaways and what you saw and what really struck out to you. So um, let, let, actually, let's just kind of start there. Take takeaways from the Games. Yeah, man, the overall production, you know, I felt like watching, you know, I'll start, let me start with one piece because there's a lot of pieces to this, but the way that CrossFit covers their event pretty much is like ESPN or a news station, CBS, you know, they, they keep all that in house. Um, you know, watching on the field, you had the camera that would kind of soar across the field. You had photography, you had commentators. Um, it, it was the equivalent of what you would expect from ESPN or CBS or ABC when covering an event. And the fact that they keep that with CrossFitters, I mean, the, they're people that, have grown with the sport and just getting to see the behind the scenes, because a lot of times when you're watching this, you know, maybe from your computer, you don't see all that. Another thing that I was very impressed with was how organized it was and the, um, judging as a whole, because I think, you know, you can make or break a CrossFit competition with judging and just seeing how well ran this event was. It stayed on time. Even with that somewhat of a delay, we still were able to stay on time um, with the following event because maybe they had planned for, hey, if we delay such and such. Um, The venue, I love the venue. Uh, I'd been to Carson one time before. I mentioned that on the previous podcast in 2010. I thought this felt more like a CrossFit competition. Um, The Home Depot Center, which is what it used to be called, then StubHub Center, you know, almost felt a little over the top, if we want to call it that, for for what the CrossFit Games is. Now, I get it. CrossFit Games is a huge event, but I really liked this feeling of, man, the Coliseum was big, but it felt intimate. In other words, not like the soccer stadium. Um, I really liked that outdoor field, and, you know, it sat. Probably we could see 10,000 people there, but it didn't feel excessive. Um, and then where the masters and teens did their events over in vin- the, by the vendor area, I thought was really appropriate. There could have been more seating there. That would probably would have been something Great. I would have yeah. said it was a little tight. Um, but as those events grow, I'm sure they'll take that in consideration. I was very impressed with the performance of the athletes, you know, just getting to see these people right in front of you helps you to really visualize how massive they are how fit they are what they're capable of they're really superhuman you know i mean it was that that term was used a little bit in the commentating and i think that man it's spot on with what these people can do with their bodies i thought was really impressive um i loved how crossfit kind of utilized this too as an opportunity to grow and learn they had um not only in vendor village could you get information about different products and different things, but I liked they had some of those continuing education pieces where, you know, they had different seminars going out throughout the day. You could go over and talk to the HQ staff. You, they had the affiliate lounge where you could kind of mingle and talk to other affiliate owners. 
you know, I felt like overall it was just a really well done event just overall as, as a gym owner, you know, I really feel like I need to be at the CrossFit games every year mm-hmm. just to continue to, uh, open my vision for the event we put on, but also to network and to kind of know what's up and coming in CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, to, to kind of piggyback on your first point, <clears throat> I was, I think I went out to the games thing, and this is just a big competition. This is just a big, like, fittest games, right? It's fittest games on a little bit bigger level, right? That's kind of what I – Wadapalooza on a little bit bigger level, although I've never been to Wadapalooza. Um, when I got there, it, it is a professional sport. It is – I mean, they have they have done that atmosphere. They have made that atmosphere such that it is I, – I, I felt the same way like if I was walking into a Texans game or even an A&M football game. I mean, it is – the way they have it set up, the way they have it ran, the athletes, the way they all come out together. I mean, it, the way they announce them in the stadium. So um, I, would, I would definitely say that was my big takeaway. And then the second takeaway, and you and I talked about this pretty big, is the, the individuals, we all know they're fit. We see them every day, big time, you know, got that right. 23, 24 years old, they're a dime a dozen. These Masters athletes, particularly oh. the when you and I watched the 60-plus females climbing that 20-foot rope. Most impressive thing I saw. And then carrying that 245, 250-pound yoke. That was the most impressive thing. And you would have grandmas that would get to the top and their arms would give out. Then they'd slip down you know, 20 feet to the crash pad, get right back up and try it again. Like That was amazing to me. I, I loved why the Masters really, especially the Masters females, 60-plus, when we were out there. That really kind of moved me, I would say, in a way that really um, gave me a little bit of like this feeling, what are we really capable of and how far can we really push these athletes as they get older? Um, of course, we want to keep people safe, but you know, as a personal trainer, I work with people of all ages and have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. And to see these women who are out there because they just want to compete sure and they are grandmothers and have grown children and to stand right next to their grown children who are cheering them on Mm -hmm. just moved me it just kind of made me realize you know like man crossfit is doing something really special in, in the world right i mean these are women from all over the world who are grinding in the gym day in day out and giving them a, a little bit more of a purpose in a lot of ways. But in that process, I'm sure they would tell you they're better grandmothers, they're better mothers, they are better wives. And so it's just really neat to see that. So impressive. Yep. Um, all right, favorite event. Favorite event from the weekend. Okay, hands down, Rich Froney. The team. Man, like <laughs> that was. That I missed. Oh. I missed that. And so everybody knows why. Chris, why don't you tell everybody why you missed it? <laughs> No surprise. No surprise. I was working out. So I decided I would, I would come back for the individual event. They had a place you could work out in the venue. I got a lifting platform. Probably didn't need to work out because we worked out 20 times. Said, hey, I'm just going to, uh, you know, watch the, you watch the rest of the team event. I'm going to go, and then I'll catch up with the individual event and take it away. <laughs> so, man, this was probably, I mean, again, my favorite part of the whole weekend um, being a rich, I'm a rich Fran fan, you know, like a rich Froning fan, rich Fran, a friend, your friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, anybody who has followed rich Froning over the years knows 
especially those four years he won the CrossFit Games, like Rich, he may lose, he may be behind, but he always comes back and he always wins. And, you know, 2010, when I went to the CrossFit Games, I didn't even know who Rich Froning was. I'd followed him a little bit from the regional competition, but he lost the competition. He was ahead the entire time, and because he couldn't climb a rope, he got second place. Comes back the next four years and wins, and then wins the team event two years after that, and then got second place last year. So this year, he really had, you know, this giant, I would say like probably fire inside of him to win. Well, this was an event where they were all challenged individually. So all four participants of the team had to go through either a 21-15-9 snatch, 85 pounds for the guys, 55 for the women, chest to bar. And then the other pair, male, female, had to do 12-9-6 snatch, 135-95 and bar muscle up. And it was perfectly done. I mean, you almost could have, you couldn't have written this better than it turned out because Rich, of course, did not start, even though he could have, like the team can't stop or won't stop, had Travis Williams go straight out of gate. They got ahead really early and they were ahead of all 10 teams in the heat or all nine other teams in the heat. So Rich is last. He's basically the anchor. So imagine a mile relay and you've got your final sprinter ready to go. And there was a team, I believe there were 417, or it was a team with Jared Stevenson, mm-hmm. I think is his name, from Noble, big beard, just super ripped. And Jared got ahead of him on the snatches. And so Rich is just ready to go in the pull in the bullpen. And he finally, his girl finished, so he gets out, but he's behind Jared. And he's about seven or eight reps behind him on the snatch. And the coolest part was watching Rich stay so calm and really just sticking to his game plan. You know, I think as a CrossFitter, that's always a sign of maturity because how many times are you sitting in the middle of a workout during a competition and you get all hype, you know, the hype gets to you Mm -hmm. or you've got the people around you and in the open, this is a great example, you know, you, you go way harder than you should in the first round, but Rich, you know, he's been here before. Mm-hmm. You know, all the fans are, they know, most of them knew, knew exactly what was coming and he sticks to his plan and around midway through the bar muscle ups on the second round, he passes up Jared and then he ends up beating him and walking to the finish line. And mm-hmm. I went nuts. The whole crowd went nuts. The announcer went nuts, but by far probably one of the coolest CrossFit moments that I've ever witnessed and watched. Um, and I, we watched it later that night on the video cause yeah. it was so good. Yeah, I think one thing that's been asked always, and I always knew this, um, and I always say that when we do team workouts and we're coaching team workouts, it's not necessarily the four best athletes who win. It's the four people who work together as a team, and nothing really emulates that more than than um, mayhem. You no, know, the, I their agree. team. You know, I agree. You know, that was the thing that we noticed the most about this team was. Well, first of all, and this is a great learning lesson for any team, whether you're in a business, in a family, or in a four-person CrossFit team, there needs to be a leader. There needs to be somebody who the team looks at as the leader. And I promise you, in all of those teams out there, they didn't all have a designated leader Mm -hmm. like 
mayhem freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Most of the people there probably on the team division could have gone individually if mm-hmm. they chosen to. So what you have is a lot of superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically, imagine if you got a four-person team, we'll say basketball because everybody knows, with LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, you know, Michael Jordan, and I don't know, another big-timer, uh, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Well, who's going to be the appointed leader? Well, they're all leaders on their team, so it's really hard for mm-hmm. one person, for the other three to humble themselves. You know, yep. what made the Chicago Bulls so successful was they all knew who was the leader. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how Mayhem Freedom, which is the team that Rich Froning leads, is they all know who's in charge, who's going to make the final call, who's going to be the one that they're going to submit to when things get tough or when they're confused. And I, I think that that's a pretty powerful thing when you look at all these other teams that are made up of superstars that are conflicting against each other because then you're blaming people right because now you're thinking it's somebody else's fault and just seeing that kind of played out on the field or on the in in the in the teams was pretty much a great learning lesson Mm -hmm. to to crossfit teams Mm -hmm. in general like have a designated leader yeah yep and i think some people just weren't meant to be on a team they're phenomenal individual athletes and you know when, and we've seen this at the local level, at the regional level, and you and I have the opportunity to see it at the games level now. It's just some people weren't, weren't meant to be on a team. Phenomenal individual athletes, you know, could go individual, but just, just know that they've got different, you know, different personality traits that make them better at what they do individually. So um, going back to events, I think for me, my favorite event, since I missed the team event, <laughs> that clean and jerk speed ladder was phenomenal awesome. to watch. I yep. mean, that was so exciting. It was in the tennis stadium. I think it was under the lights, right? Yeah, in the Coliseum. In the co- I mean, yeah, Coliseum. Um, they started with 270. That's what they started with was 270, and they went from a quarterfinal to a semifinal, much like the 15 or 16 clean speed yeah. ladder and snatch ladder and everything else, except this time it was clean and jerk. And to see that thing unfold – through the different, you know, through the different quarter, quarterfinals and semifinals, mm. and and just the excitement in the tennis state again, much like a prof- and it is, it's a professional sport. I keep saying like a professional sport, it is a professional sport now. But you had that feeling, like I remember when I went and saw the NCAA championship a few years, you know, a few years ago. Um, I saw that down in Houston, and it was that same feeling. The lighting, mm. the announcing, the roar of the crowd when these guys, when these, again, superhuman beings would hit, you know, uh, what was it, like 305, 310, 315, 320, and then 325 in what, like 35 minutes? seconds, yeah, 35 45 seconds, seconds, whatever it was. Yeah. And Nick Urankar ended up winning that event, which is just a, just a beast, man, just a beast. I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't probably be able to get past the 270 right at the beginning. So, for me, that was the best event. It was awesome. Um talking to maybe um maybe we could talk kind of to our listeners if they ever ever end up going or are thinking about going to the crossfit games kind of get your thoughts on um would you do it is it a good investment and um maybe some lessons learned some best practices different things like that yeah no i think anybody consider it first of all if you watched it this you know while while it was going on and you enjoyed that and um, you like CrossFit and it's, I mean, I think it's a absolutely like if you can make it work financially, like I would absolutely encourage anyone to go because it is 
an amazing, it, it's almost like a bucket list, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean you have to go every year, but even if you just pick one time and say like, I'm going to go just to experience it, I think it's, it's a phenomenal, uh, it, it's a hobby, right? It's mm-hmm. something fun. It's, it's like going to the Super Bowl if you're really into football mm-hmm. or it's like going to a bowl game to watch the Aggies play. But yep. I'll tell you, man, it was way more fun than going to a bowl game. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been to a bowl game to watch A&M play. Uh, I've been to a lot of Aggie football games. And those are amazing. They're a lot of fun. But, you know, the, the CrossFit games was that times 10. Mm-hmm. The energy, the excitement um, was just so much on so many much higher levels. But again, it's because I love CrossFit, you know, so if you don't love CrossFit, if it doesn't, you know, I think a prerequisite question would be like, did you watch it? Like if you didn't watch it much and didn't follow it and, you know, you just kind of heard about it. Well, I'd probably before spending the money, like spend the next year just watching it, like spending a few more hours watching it throughout the course of the weekend to see if it's something that really you like and then and then make that decision. Um, in terms of, you know, how many days to go, like, you know, I felt like us getting there Wednesday was really good because mm-hmm. it kind of allowed us to see the venue, kind of get, get the layout. Um, Wednesday, we spent majority of the time, you know, we'd gone to the events and seen some of the events, but you know, it's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's almost like I remember back from my freshman orientation before A&M. So it was the summer before my freshman year and my dad and I came and campus was massive. I mean, we had maps. We had to go, you know, we went to the uh, certain buildings and we had to follow them. I mean, it was just massive. It felt very overwhelming. And, of course, you go to school there for four or five years and then live in this town. Well, now you can pretty much say, hey, you know, this and that. And you can know your way around. CrossFit Games is the same way. Like, if, you, if we would have got there Friday afternoon... Man, I feel like it would have taken us like not only, you know, we wouldn't have known where to go. Like by Saturday, you're finally, yeah. and then by the time we left Sunday or Sunday, the games is over, you kind of yep. already know. Where. So I yep. think getting there a little bit early, you don't know how the events are going to yes. play out. So we had no idea when booking our, our trip that Thursday was going to be a rest day. But that actually was really a good thing, right? It kind of um, just gave us a little bit more of a day to kind of, we went to the gym, went, did the Cellucor workout. Yep. We also got, went to the fan workouts. We kind of walked around the venue. We saw some masters events. And so it really was a really cool way to just kind of spend one day. And then Friday, of course, is like, you could tell got yep. packed, you yes. know, the difference between the crowd size on Wednesday and Friday was crazy. Yep. And then, you know, Saturday, Sunday, it's the peak. And then we, uh, you know, we stayed until Monday, uh, just cause I didn't really know how Sunday was going to play out. Um, and we, I enjoyed that part of it, but I think you could easily book a trip like a Thursday to Sunday. You know, I, I wouldn't want to leave Sunday morning, you know, depending on the flight schedules and everything, you know, cause Sunday was a really cool part of the day. And if, if the competition's close, you don't want to leave early and miss some of the best part of it. So, um, but in terms of hotels, man, it's all booked, you know, like you well in advance, like you, I don't even think they, I tried to look at hotels for next year. And they don't even start opening rooms until October, and they're all going to go through CrossFitHotels.com. So you have to actually book your hotel through CrossFitHotels.com because a lot of them are actually. I mean, this is a major event for Madison, sure. Wisconsin. So um, they've, you know, they're pretty much yielding to CrossFit for everything. 
Um, flights weren't that tough. I liked flying directly into Madison. You know, the, mm-hmm. Chicago, I didn't even know this, but, you know, it's like a lot of people from College Station fly out of Houston or Austin uh, just so they don't have to connect. Well, apparently a lot of people fly into Chicago uh, and then the they'll drive. drive, but it's a two and a half hour drive. So whether you're renting a car or getting an Uber, you know, I think that basically I would fly directly into Madison and then, you know, you and I basically Ubered and my first it. Uber experience, yeah. very plug for Uber. I, I don't get paid for Uber at all. I don't drive for Uber. I don't know anybody drives for Uber. <laughs> my first time ever using Uber. Highly, highly, highly recommend. That's it. No. Yeah, it was great. You know, Ubering everywhere. Now we will give you our Uber story. Yes. So we had been Ubering basically, you know, what, $10, $15, yeah. I mean, max. To and from the hotel. To and yeah. from the hotel. And all of a sudden, this was the first time this ever happened to me because I discovered Uber a couple years back. Alicia and I were on an anniversary trip, and I'd never taken Uber. And, you know, I felt I kind of felt like you do now. Like, wow, Uber is amazing. Uh, but this has never happened to me. And I even, you know, took Uber on a couple other times. But... We're walking out of the CrossFit games. This was Friday night, right? The busy, like mm-hmm. it was packed. Yep. And we're checking r- rates. And it's, I was like, Chris, this, dude, this is $33. So it was twice as much. Within two minutes, <laughs> it goes to $40. Within five minutes, it's at $60. And then ultimately, it's at $70 for the same trip that earlier that day cost us 10 or 15 bucks. And, you know, sure enough, we, we actually ended up downloading a different one called Lyft because that was what a cab or a Uber driver recommended earlier that day and then walked a little bit. And I guess because, you know, the demand is so high, yep. the, the rates go up. But. Sure, they got some computer algorithm that yeah. certain calls go into a certain radius, then they just jack them up. But So if that happens to you guys out there, just wait it out. Wait about just 15 minutes. Just wait about minutes. 15 minutes and it'll come right down. Yeah. But uh, great experience. Um I lost my train of thought. Oh, what um, would you do kind of lessons learned? Would you do hotel again or would you consider a Airbnb or what? Man, honestly, I think what if possible, again, given what's available, I would pick a hotel walking distance. Yeah. Um, depending on the size of the group, you know, that was going and um, and I looked on some Airbnbs, but nothing was available. And again, we, you know, our trip, we booked it in April. So it wasn't like we were last minute, mm-hmm. but I think you got to be on top of it. Like if you're really <laughs> considering going, you probably need to, you know, plan, I would say like late fall, you know, mm-hmm. October, November, December, and just start getting some of that stuff lined up because I promise you, especially after this past weekend, it, I mean, it, Everybody who was there who wants to come back is probably already thinking about yep. it. And then, you know, getting Coliseum bands is not easy either. I mean, we, as an affiliate owner, uh, if you have a certain number of people, and it's not many, it's like 10 people that sign up for the open at your gym, then you get early access to eight bands, which isn't really that many. Um, but, you know, Coliseum bands, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to go if I didn't have a Coliseum band, if we're honest, like, yeah. you know, just to have a festival pass, a festival I think is that. now when you get there, you may be able to buy a Coliseum band, but you know, I think yeah. you'd also want to get that in place well in advance. And you know, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast and you do want that for next year, just let me know and, and whether I can get them through our gym, cause we will have a set number, but if we have more, I could probably talk to another gym owner who might not be using all of theirs and uh, get early access so that everybody can have a Coliseum being who yeah. wants to go. 
Explain that a little bit, because that <clears throat> that was kind of confusing unless you're out there. Explain the difference between the festival pass and the, the, the Coliseum band, kind of, you know, so, so our listeners kind of know. If yeah, so Coliseum was the indoor venue where the clean ladder took place, where the froning domination <laughs> took place, um, where several of the events were taking place, especially the afternoon, evening. The, lot, the, the finales. The too, finales, there, yeah. yeah those, th- that's basically the indoor, it's about seats about 10,000. It's, all, it's pretty much like a Reed Arena. And if you have a certain, for us it was a green, if you have a certain color wristband that says Coliseum that you have to scan in every time you go, then you have access to that. They also sell festival bands. And festival bands basically give you access to everything except for the Coliseum. I believe the difference in prices were Coliseum bands were like $300, festival bands probably you know, $150. So you know, for a little bit less... You, you could have access to pretty much, you know, Vendor Village, all the masters, all the teens, all of the activities on the field, which was that outdoor that seats about 10,000, but it's like an outdoor football field, and not have access to the Coliseum. But if you're, you know, in my opinion, if you're going to make the trip from Texas, you may... You got to do it all. You got to do it all. I mean, it, it's well worth the extra investment you know you're already spending money on a flight you're already spending money on a hotel you, you already open up your calendar and schedule to get there you got to go with the coliseum band. yep yep um discuss a little bit about workout options workout options you got like i was really stressed like this was stressing me out like i didn't know how i was going to work out I've, i kept going back and forth had a real busy week before that and so you know it was you know if i don't get my workout kristen will tell you if i don't get my workout ain't nobody happy at the house so um explain how we were able to do that we actually probably worked out more than we normally yeah. do no i i was actually pretty surprised with how easy it was to get to work out um mm-hmm. as many times as we did uh i remember back in 2010 you know i really wanted to go check out crossfit la mm-hmm. and at that time i rent we had I'd rented a car for that trip and i remember driving you know, 45 minutes to an hour all the way to CrossFit LA and then fighting traffic for two hours coming back to go back to the games. And, you know, this, the way we had it, man, the gym that we had dropped into was 15 minutes, maybe 10, maybe, what was it, five miles? Five. I think it was three about five, five yeah. miles Between from our three gym. and five. Three as the crow flies. Five yeah, and we, the... you know, we were able to buy a pass for the whole week for 50 bucks and work out. You know, we ended up working out there three or four times. And it was all drop-ins. There was very few members from the oh, gym Oh, yeah. There. No, all and, – and I think now even those gyms were prepared because speaking to a couple of the gym owners, you know, he had actually reached out to a lot of the people in Carson in California and said, hey – you know, with, when the games was coming to their town, what could we learn? How could we be prepared for what's coming? Because, you know, most of these people, I mean, of the however many thousand people, thousands of people this drew in, a lot of them are going to want to get workouts in. So um, I was, again, super impressed with how easy it was, how convenient it was, and also the, the fan workouts that they had at the games just on the app that I had no idea about until you told mm-hmm. me. Just scheduling them, really simple, uh, getting a 30-minute time slot. I mean, I would probably say I enjoyed working out twice because, you know, I was pretty wrecked, you know, yeah. doing both. <laughs> but I would even say if, if it's well in advance, I mean, just a 30-minute fan workout yeah. would be easy. Now yeah. you are maybe going to miss some of the events. And so, <laughs> you know, picking one, you know, yeah. or, again, you could do both. But I think yeah. very easy to get workouts yep. in. 
But the fan workouts were pretty cool. They let you wear the Reebok, you know, lifting The new shoes. lifters, yeah. Yeah, they had it all very well ran. You, you know, had your own platform if you were lifting. But also, I never got to do, like, the CrossFit wads. Yeah. But they had it where you had judges. They had, you know, pretty much running you through what would be like yep. a mini CrossFit competition. Yep. And I think that's one takeaway if you do this. The lifting platforms are pretty wide open. But those CrossFit classes, to do the actual CrossFit class, you're going to have to sign up for those about – you know, probably a week, in, week or so in advance or as soon as they open because we couldn't get into no, any of those. No, we couldn't get – yeah, you get on waiting list. But, you know, a couple of things I would recommend too is like thinking through, you know, going back to like you missing the froning moment. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I love working out too. But it's like what, what – do you want to work out or do you want to watch the games? You yeah, know, exactly. and like I think it's good to get – I mean, trust me, I'm so glad we worked out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thinking through like – Put it at a time of the day where you're really going to not miss something that you really want to go to, you know? So yep. maybe like first thing in the morning, CrossFit gyms had 5 a.m., yep. 6 a.m. classes. Really, at that time, nothing's going on. Yep. First event's at 8. But like the morning we missed the... The swim. The swim, uh, the, yeah. Uh, the, the swim. Yeah, yeah, that to me wasn't a big deal, yeah. you know? So it was like, yeah, we went to the gym a little... We went to the gym at 8 yep. and then went to out there after. So there's time, you know, like, you know, there's time to do it. All right, two points before we wrap it up here. One, marathon row. Talk to me a little bit about that. You know, I didn't really understand. uh, What was the name of that coach that we sat by? Oh, 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 gosh. It was Patrick Vellner's coach. Gosh, I can't think of her name right now. She coaches a lot of the top games athletes. And she was a games athlete for several years. Gosh, and I'm the one who told you. You know who that is? So Wednesday, um, we're watching this, and and she made a a comment when when we asked her, or or you Mm -hmm. said maybe, what do you think about this event? And she said, it's irrelevant. And I didn't really understand what she meant by that until the end of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And she's absolutely right. There's, what, 15 or 16 scored events. Mm-hmm. In other words, now let's be honest. If you're, if you're actually there, which, you know, I mean, a lot of people are there thinking that they're going to be a contender for the podium. Yep. But there's really probably 10 yeah. who are true contenders for the podium. And if you're a contender for the podium, man, you you know, you don't need first, second, third, fourth place finishes. I mean, those are really great. You just need to be really kind of good at everything. Mm-hmm. And when she said it's irrelevant, you know, and, and when that was, you know, her way of probably a little bit of sarcasm. But yeah. at the same time, it's one of 15 or 16 events. Now, if that was five of the 15, now it becomes a lot more relevant. Yeah. Right. But I think I understood what she said to be that, you know, you can do okay and it's not, yeah. you know, Rich Froning on the, you know, what was that year? He got like 38th on the yeah, swim. Yeah, on the swim. Yep. And you, the, you, the way this competition, this whole event in, in the CrossFit Games is set up is you can do t- really bad on an event and still finish very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooke Wells had not finished the muscle ups in event three the 30 muscle-ups for time, mm-hmm. but she still was in sixth place going into the final event. Yeah. And so, I, I you know, I, I think, you know, when it goes to, you ask me, well, yeah. it, it's really like, okay, you know, you just sit on the rower for three hours. And, you know, I was, another thing, I was kind of like really shocked to see how messed up they were when they got up. Saxon 
pan check. Oh. <laughs> we were right next to him, remember? Yes. So he was screaming, crap, crap. A couple explicitives. His brother Scott comes over. The medical team comes over. I remember him getting helped off. Like, he had oh, two yeah. medical guys. I mean, Matt Frazier ho- literally oh, hobbling. Like, yes. he had that kind of arch, shoulders arched forward. Yep. Like, almost looking like, like, uh, like he just ran a marathon. Honestly, yep. I've, I've ran several marathons, and I've seen people after they run marathons, especially when it's their first. And I've, I've walked like this. I remember my first marathon hobbling yep. everywhere. And these guys look the same way. In my mind, that event is designed to tear you down mentally and physically. I don't think – I think – and the girl's name was Michelle Latendra. Now I remember. Um, but I think she's right in that I think this is just – he just wants to – Break you down physically and mentally and see how you bounce back from it. And that's yeah, exactly that's what the, that's for. The key is you have to do it. Yes. Like you, you can't to. not do it because you can't yes. you can't say I'm just not gonna participate and take last place. Yes. You have to do it. So I, I I agree with you. It is one of sixteen or fifteen events. However, you have to do the work, which is going to make you have to recover from it and yep. have to grind through it. Yep. Absolutely. All right, one final point, and I think we're getting up on our time. Predictions for next year. Male, female team. What are you thinking? In terms of podium? Podium. You know, Matt Frazier is going to be really hard to beat. The guy is uh, only going to get better. Um, I think – okay, so Vellner and uh, Fakowski. I, I became bigger fans of both of them. Vellner, a crowd favorite, yes. huh? Yes. Every time they said his name – People went crazy. But I just don't think he's good enough. Yeah. I don't think he's good enough to beat Matt Frazier. So unless Matt Frazier gets hurt or anything, you know, catastrophic happens in the next 12 months, I see Matt Frazier coming back to win. Mm-hmm. Um, Tia Toomey, man, she won by a lot of points. Um, she's stronger than you think, or at least than I thought she mm-hmm. was. I didn't realize what a powerhouse she is in the sport. Um, You see all these other women like Katrin or, you know, uh, even like uh, Brooke Wells or even Cara Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But who was the girl that got second? Laura Horvath. Yes. Watch out for her. Freshman or rookie, you know, first time at the games. And honestly, that I think her experiencing the CrossFit games this year and now going home, and but having been through it, it's almost like your first time to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these guys like John Elway, you know, Joe Montana, uh, these guys been there before. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, if you've never been to the CrossFit Games, like there's a there, there's this element of it's all new. There's a lot of like hype, and you can easily fall under in some areas. And I think she'll just need a little bit. She adapted this year. She'll just need. A little more training, but she's Fill probably some holes. Yeah, she'll probably give Tia, you know, so. a little competition. I'm also realizing too, in, in the sport of CrossFit, how hard it is for newcomers to come in and win, or even existing, you know, people like Scott Pancheck or some of these guys have been in the sport for a long time. To, I mean, they're almost like topped out, you know. And and if you don't top out at first, then mm-hmm. you you don't really give first a competition. Um, so I would say that. What's her name again? The Laura Horvath. Laura Horvath would be somebody to watch for next year, for giving sure. Tia a good a good competition, assuming nothing happens to Tia. But she's going to be there again at the very top. And then in terms of teams, man, like 
Mayhem Freedom, you, I, I just, you can't beat Rich Froning. Yeah. I, I'm convinced of him just, again, the leadership he possesses, the, the even if he can't serve, uh, he's also humble enough to say, hey, you're better than me, and he'll still serve as the leader yep. or the coach who's sure. guiding that team to the top. I think Mayhem Freedom will be at the top for a really long time, uh, at least for sure next year. I think one, one other team to watch is Mayhem Independence. Oh, Understand, yeah. they split last year, right? They had a bunch of they, – they, they made two teams. So they were one team last year, didn't win, came in second place. Split this year into two teams. So they took two people from the old Mayhem to put in. And all they did was just end up fourth. That's it. <laughs> Barely missing the Barely podium. Barely missing. So watch – you could very well see a Mayhem Freedom, Mayhem Independence next year, one and two. Yeah, man. Great. All right, man. I think that's good. Awesome, good one, Chris. All right. Thanks, Thanks brother. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.